gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Pionakes, and thanks for tuning in as we are here for the NBA postseason, for the start of the NBA postseason. We're done with the playing tournament. We're done with every, I don't want to call it distraction, but everything that's meaningless to the postseason. I know we had some good games. I know that. But now we're finally here for the legit postseason, where teams are now crawling and scratching and just trying to fight their way to win and have a shot at the NBA championship. I am super excited for today's podcast episode. There are some things I want to get to you, uh, get with you guys today. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the NBA announced their top three finalists for each award. So I want to go over that with you guys. I hate talking about this man, but I'm going to have to talk about Miles Bridges and what's new with him. I got big Joyce Randall updates regarding his sprained ankle. Uh, the NBA has announced something regarding the Dallas Mavericks organization regarding their contact, uh, conduct during the April 7th game, the final the final game where it was a must-win game against the Chicago Bulls. Then I have an update on Ja Morant. And of course, we're going to be making predictions for the upcoming playoff games for today, for Saturday, April 15th, the start of the NBA postseason. And I'm also going to be... Looking back on the two final playing games as well. Because I know we had Chicago Bulls versus Miami Heat. And Oklahoma City City Thunder versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. As always guys, you know where to find me on social media. Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeatNBA. Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat. Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat and everywhere else. But those are my free main accounts. And if you really want to get main and you really want to say, well, what's your most used? It would be Twitter. Twitter, by far and away, is the one I use a lot and more consistent and just more in depth. Especially when I'm talking on games, reporting on games, and just analyzing them and just trying to break them down in real time. So social media is very simplistic. Courtsy.com, that's the official website of Courtsy Heat. Go check out my content there. Um, podcast, you guys already know about that. You know about TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, all of those places. Every single one of those places and more are hosting my podcast, so go subscribe, go follow, go like, go share, go retweet or repost or whatever it is, and guys, you guys will not want to miss these next episodes coming out, 
Remember, we're having our April 7th to April 17th uh, period that will stretch again as ready in and out of the playing tournament and for the beginning of the regular 2022-23 NBA postseason. I have one more major announcement. One more major announcement. I'm very excited about this one. Um, Courtney, he will be releasing a new ebook that will be coming out very soon. I'll be having all the specifics, all the details, everything in depth from the minor details to the major details, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But I want to let you guys know that I am coming out of a new ebook. It will be out within the next two weeks or so. I'm still revealing a date, but I am very excited about this book. It's going to be a fun book. Nothing too hardcore, but one that you guys are going to love for general knowledge and looking at the NBA for each decade. Pretty much through its inception up to present day. So what would it be like? 1946 is when they joined, when they formed, and then all the way up to 2023. That's 70 plus years of great, great content and great, great moments. So I am very, very excited to announce that. And like I've said, been saying, I will continue to update you guys Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Of course, it will be coming on social media more when I get more finalized and stuff. But I wanted to bring that to you guys' attention right here, right now. And I want to just jump into breaking news around the league because... I'm going to segue from an ebook all the way over to the NBA now. Just like I'm announcing my ebook, the NBA has announced the top three finalists for each award. And before I jump into all of that, I just want everyone to know that the new. Have you guys seen the new names for the NBA individual awards? Let's be honest. This has been out for a while, it's been out since late 2022. What did it, it came out like mid of December, like December thirteenth, something like that. But the NBA did unveil new individual award names. Uh, so if you guys ever hear, so if you guys ever hear these names, these are the awards that associate with. So you still have Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Clutch Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. But these are their respective new names. MVP is called the Michael Jordan Trophy. Defensive Player of the Year is called the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Rookie of the Year is called the Will Chamberlain Trophy. The Sixth Man of the Year um, is called the John uh, Halvac Trophy. Most Improved Player of the Year is called the George Mikan Trophy. And then Clutch Player of the Year is the Jerry West Trophy. So very all interesting. I, I encourage you guys to look through these images online of just what the trophies look like. So I'm pretty, pretty cool. It could be basic, but still pretty cool nonetheless. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give some background on that because why not? I thought it'd be pretty cool. Plus, that's just useful information because someone says, oh, so-and-so player, like for example, Joel Bede won the Michael Jordan Award. I'm pretty sure you can guess, but if you're getting down to guys like Mallory um, Marketer and Aaron Fox, you're like, well, what if he wore the George Mikan Award or whatever? 
So I just want to let you guys know of that. Then I think Coach of the Year is the same. I, I have no idea. I really need to see Coach of the Year. That's just for the players. So with that being said, here are the top three finalists for each 2022-23 regular season award. MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Nikhil Jokic. Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, and Evan Mobley. Rookie of the Year, Walker Kessler, Jalen Williams, and Paulio Panchero. Sixth Man of the Year, Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis Jr., and Emmanuel Quickly. Most Improved Player, Jalen Brunson, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Lori Markadam. Clutch Player of the Year, Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, and De'Aaron Fox. And lastly, Coach of the Year, Mike Brown, Joe Mazzola, and Mark Denault. Um, and for the sake of everything, just because I want to spend more time on trophies and whatnot, on the winners and my predictions on that, I'm going to really carve out a lot of time for tomorrow's podcast episode, Sunday's podcast episode, minusing all the puff stuff and any random news that comes up, or crucial news, but you guys get what well, I'm trying to lay down just with the puffs and stuff, but I'm going to be dedicating a lot of time going through my updated predictions, because I don't know if you guys remember one of my older podcast episodes, and this came out a few weeks ago, I was detailing in two episodes, breaking down MVP, Depoy, all those awards. I did that in early March. I did that actually a month ago. Uh, a month and a couple of days over. So, I don't know. I, f- I found it pretty interesting when I broke that down. Because in one episode, I broke down MVP and Rookie of Year. And then another, I broke down Depoy, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. But no, so I'm going to be giving you guys updated content, updated predictions. But I highly recommend... You guys go see it in depth, especially the one podcast episode where I'm breaking down MVP and rookie of year because I'm going through month by month, game by game almost with the MVP race between Akil Jokic and Joel B. And I, I, I don't know if I made an argument for Giannis Antetokounmpo or not, but I'm going to try to make an argument for him. But I, I don't think my argument would be as compelling or as strong as him not re- receiving MVP. But I'm going to hold off on that till tomorrow. So I'm very excited for that. Very excited. Because I love breaking down MVP. I love breaking down all of these awards. But I just wanted to get you guys caught up. Because this was announced before the first NBA game. I think it was before the Bulls game. Yeah, it was before the Bulls Heat game. It was during the pregame warm-ups. I think I know that I, I know these are all national games. I just I, I forget if it was on TNT or ESPN. I can't remember, but that doesn't really matter. And as much as I regret talking about this bum, I just have to go through with this because it is news. I kind of have to talk about it. Miles Bridges. 
I'm really not going to get on my rant. I'm not going to go into this great dialogue on why I hate Miles Bridges. But just to sum up who this horrible human being is, he is a, uh, he traumatizes children and he beats women. That's who he is. And these are not allegations. There are photos. And I actually had to look at those photos. Those are some of the most heartbreaking and sickening things ever. But I'm not going to keep going down that route. I hate talking about Miles Bridges. I just want to say that. So I'm not just bringing up Miles Bridges just to bring up. Because trust me. I would rather do anything else. But this is related. And if you guys like Miles Bridges the basketball player. By all means you can. I don't like his basketball. But it's really hard for me to root for somebody. That I know that did unspeakable disgusting things against uh, women and children. That's why, because I liked NFL, that's why when it came to Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, I love them. I like Tyreek Hill, the football player. They just, they got to some bad trouble because they created that. And I'm not going to go over that. That was years ago, but still, it's not cool. For many reasons, but I recovered why I hate Miles Bridges. The reason why I'm bringing Miles Bridges today is because the NBA is suspending Miles Bridges for 30 games with 20 games considered already served. With that being said, Miles Bridges will serve the remaining 10 games at the start of the next NBA season, the 23-24 season. But I will say one thing. I love how the NBA cracked down harder on health and safety protocols and being so strict with that. But when it comes to domestic violence and an actual man beating a woman, that's 30 games. They simply, she's like, oh, whatever. And they already considered that 20 games was already served. I'm just saying, when we care more about an illness than... Domestic violence that tells you a lot about an organization that tells you a lot about where somebody's priorities are at Because I'm because when I tell you those restrictions were strict in the bubble They're coming out of the bubble and being like well, we may have to take some weeks off Well, if those people aren't back, they're gonna have to miss two weeks three weeks But in this case this guy only has to miss a month or two of basketball, who knows how many or 30 games are in. I have to sit down, but he's only missing the first 10 of the next season. So I'm just saying, it's actually really funny when broken down, you're like, wait a minute. The NBA wanted to keep players out who had a potential illness because they tested positive. Rather than keeping out a guy who beat women, who beat his wife. And traumatized his children in the process. I'm just saying. Let's get our priorities straight. I could care less for some for some silly illness. I could care less for some flu. My priorities are if the if this same guy, say Mile Bridges, had the flu, had COVID, versus what he did. 
I'm pretty sure the NBA would choose sickness over this NBA. Okay, he may have to be out for a month. They, they'll go to his lengths. They have stricter policy and stricter protocol for that type of stuff rather than domestic violence. And I really don't understand that. And that's why I hate athletes sometimes because they do have that double standard. Anyone random on the street, they would have done that. They probably would have had jail time. I'm not even kidding you. Like, and if you think I'm overreacting to this, look up the photos. Look up the photos. But I'm just saying, it's really funny when you compare the two. The NBA cracked down harder than that. But when you look at the sketchy past of a lot of players, or some players... Including Miles Bridges. Really? Really? And I know if I looked through the NBA, I could find a lot of players. And I I know there's some Hall of Famers. I know there's some legends out there that have a very interesting past. And has been very hated for it. I'll let you guys decide who that is. I'll let you guys ponder on who that is. But getting back to the point, uh, Miles Bridges is suspended. Obviously can't do the postseason. Obviously would be out for the first 10 games of the season. Need to go back to making millions of dollars. And maybe he will go back to beating women. Who knows? I, I don't know if that's a new hobby of his. I'm not even sure of remorse. That's just a loser of a man. He's not even a man. But anyways, I'm not going to focus any more time on that. I could care less for Miles Bridges. He knows where he's ending up at. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to segue off of this. I can't. I'm sorry about that mini rant, but I hope you guys can understand. Um, I'm going to do something more positive. I'm going to do Joyce Randall. I think we need some positivity. I'm a positive guy. I love positivity. I think we need more of that anyways. So, with it being Saturday, with it being the start of the NBA postseason, I got great news. The New York Knicks are taking on the, Cliff Cal we Ugh. the Cleveland Cavaliers today at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 6 p.m. East Coast Time. There's great news for the New York Knicks and for their fan base. George Randall is targeting a return from his left ankle injury for Game 1 of the first round series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is huge news. This is absolutely huge news. And there was a lot of speculation on if he was going to be able to play or not. Because you got to remember... He played all those games leading up to the injury. Then he had that come late March. You're like, okay, can he play? And he's going to try to test out his ankle before the game. He's going to try to go through all of his routines. But he's targeting return from his left ankle injury. From that sprained left ankle. For game one. Knicks, Cavaliers. And that's going to be very interesting. So... 
that's huge news. Huge news if you're a fan of Joyce Randall or if you're a fan of Knicks or a combo of both or you're just hoping for a good matchup. So now they will have RJ, Jalen, and Julius. With a bunch of other players. And I'm going to be looking at the um, injury reports for all of them just to make sure that I'm, I'm getting the injuries down right and just making sure I'm not missing anything. But that's going to be a later in the show. But great news for Julius Randle. Great news. Now, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, this may or may not be great news. But the Mark Cuban, what $750,000? So, the NBA announced that the Dallas Mavericks organization has been fined $750,000 for gone uh, for contact uh, oh my gosh I can't speak today okay for conduct uh detrimental to the league in an elimination game against the Chicago Bulls on April 7th the Mavericks violated the league's player resting policy and demonstrated through actions and public statements the organization's desire to lose the game in order to pr improve their chances of keeping its first-round pick in the 2023 NBA Draft. The league did not find that the players who participated in the game were not playing to win. So, with all that being said, I know Joe Dumars and all of that in the NBA released a statement, but in short, the Dallas Mavericks have been fined $750,000. Many were speculating fans, whoever, but from what I saw from fans, they're like, oh, will a draft pick be happening? I didn't think they were going to do a draft pick. I just thought it was going to be a big sum of money. But nonetheless, I'm happy that the Dallas Mavericks got called out for it. But it is what it is. Because the Mavericks allegedly talked to the league beforehand. I guess that's why they put in public conversations or public statements. But look, the Mavericks are uh, prioritizing for the future. They're looking ahead for the future. And I can respect on some level. So they're going to try to trade away that draft pick or use that draft pick. Either way, they're trying to keep those odds of retaining the draft pick and just expanding and trying to keep Luka happy, retain Kyrie, um, Yada, 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 right? It's that whole thing. And I'm going to start coming out, especially for the offseason, what some of these teams like the Dallas Mavericks need to do to fix their season. So I think that's utterly important. I think that, I, I think that needs to be talked about. And I think it needs to be a little more in depth. I think, it, I think it has to be. Because there's so many holes. And it goes beyond the defense. It goes beyond Kyrie Irving. And Luke Doncic chemistry to play. It goes beyond all of that. I think it even goes to the front office. But I know that Jason Kidd is going to be getting their season. I know Nico Harrison is going to be getting their season. I, and if you guys aren't aware, Nico Harrison is their GM. He runs the front office. And then Jason Kidd, you all know him. He is the interesting head coach. And I don't mind Jason Kidd. Let's just hope he didn't lose the locker room. It's 
gonna be interesting what they do in the draft. It really is. Yeah, just the Mavericks better not squander this opportunity away. Cause if they do, they're pretty much hosed. But I don't think they will. I think they can't turn around. I think a lot of things did not pan out this season. I think making the bad trade for Kyrie. And Kyrie was the right player to get. But what they gave up was horrible. You can't add an offensive player to package him with another offensive player. To make that duo and not have any defense. And you trade away two defensive players and some draft picks. But mainly the defensive players because you have a bad defense. You have a lot of holes. And that's that team is not built like the Warriors where you just go shot for shot and then they'll just outgas anyone. They'll just outrun anyone. They'll just outgrind anyone offensively. Right? Because at least Draymond Green helps defensively. Like, they have good defensive guys. I think Andrew Wiggins, to a certain extent, is a fine defenseman. As he's been remodeling his game. But there's certain guys on that team. Moses Moody. Gary Payne Jr. Or second or whatever his name is. So there are guys there who can play defense. But it'll be just be really interesting. So I think I'm going to be coming out with that series. On my website and on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. It's not going to be happening for a long time. Just because of the postseason. And I'm trying to get those priorities straight. Just trying to prioritize what's going to be the biggest news, content, things like that. Just to give you guys a little insight of what my brain is partially thinking as of right now. But that's where we'd be at with the Dallas Mavericks. They have been fined $750,000 to Mark Cuban, who is a billionaire. And that has generational wealth for many generations. I don't think he's too concerned with $750,000. He's never been concerned with fines. Just look up those past videos. He's been a savage with some of them. Yeah. I cannot plan on this podcast, but they are funny because Mark Cuban just does not care. He who just pay the fines. He just does not care. Plus, they're going to charity anyway, so it's for a good cause. I guess if you want to look at it that way. Now, you know what's not a good cause? This whole John Moran situation. Yes, we're going back to the gun incident. Yes, we're going back to all of these allegations. But we're not going back to the club. We're actually going back to the teenager. You remember the teenager that was suing the Memphis Grizzlies guard? That alleged that he got beat up 17 times. It was, it was his bad story. And it's like, what's happening? Well, John Morant, in the midst of the playoffs, and I get that some things are bigger than basketball, so I 100% understand that. I'm just saying that in the midst of the postseason, right before they have to face LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, filed a countersuit against a teenager suing the uh, the Grizzlies guard, um, accusing the teen of slander, battery, and assault. Morant is accusing 
Joshua Hallway of damaging his reputation and putting him at risk of losing money and contracts and potential endorsement deals. Moran is also accusing Hallway of lying to police in his original lawsuit as well as, as the amend, amended version. Now, Moran does admit he punched Hallway in the countersuit after getting hit in the face with a basketball. The countersuit alleges that Hallway also yelled that he would, quote, light Mr. Moran's house up like a fireworks show, end quote, after getting escorted, ex, uh, escorted from the house. I'm sorry, I, I can't speak today. And I believe it was John Moran's father that escorted him out of the house. And for you guys that don't know, I certainly don't know who Josh Hallway is, but he is a basketball player. So I guess he was training. And by the when this uh, alleged report came out, but when the incident when the alleged incident took place, he was seventeen. Now he's eighteen. But it gets really interesting. Now, um, I would be upset. And I would also start hitting if someone yelled that he would uh, light quote light up how light uh, light Mr. Moran's house up like a fireworks show. If someone started yelling at me that they're gonna light my house up like a fireworks show, okay, I probably try to escort him off the property. I probably throw a punch because he is threatening you. Um, I think we all know what he's threatening you with. I, I think we all understand that context. And I guess that would kind of make sense after, jo but, but John Murray got upset that he threw the basketball his face. And trust me, I've taken many basketballs to the face. But let's just say it did explode, and now tensions are rising, and they were just throwing punches, or there was an altercation, and John Moran did show his firearm. And let's say Hallway did yell that he would, quote, light Mr. Moran's house up like a firework show, end quote, after getting escorted from the house. This is going to be a tricky situation, because I don't know who's right, I don't know who's wrong. I know that Moran's never going to admit that he's wrong. I know that vice versa can be said for Hallway. But it's not a great look for John Moran. Countersuing a teenager after a teenager said, well, he did assault me. He did punch me like 17 times. It was over a dozen. But, I, I don't know. This is, this is going to be a tricky situation. Because, unlike the First and second incident. The first one was the team bus, but the second one with the club and just a whole gun incident on IG Live. I had more. We had more to go off of. Here, it's a he uh, he says she says type lawsuit type allegation and rebuttal. That makes sense. So it's just not as clear uh, cutthroat as. We would see others, if that makes sense, like involving the team bus or involving the gun incident. This one is still serious, but this is more of a he says, she says type situation regarding these allegations. And these are heavy allegations, um, no matter the perspective you take it from. 
facing Joshua Holloway and facing John Morant. Very interesting. Very, very interesting to say the least. At least in my opinion. So I don't know where it's going through. Um, I don't think anything big is going to be coming out of this besides maybe some money being paid. Just financially, there's going to be some compensation to the teenager. Maybe they're going to settle it some other way. I, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be no money. I, I don't know. But um, if anyone's wondering, don't expect jail time. I don't know why I want to be expecting jail time unless something major, horrifically bad comes out. But this is just a bad look for the reputation of John Moran. John Moran is trying to clean it up. He's trying to clear his name. And I guess if you want to say that, even though it's innocent until proven guilty, um, there's just a bunch of he says, she said type stuff going on. But very interesting nonetheless. I, I guess it could be interesting. I really don't know what to say here. Because I'm trying to provide you guys meaning with this. But this is pretty much a countersuit to the lawsuit filed by the teams. You're saying, look. Morant's like, look. You're lying to police. And your original lawsuit. As well as the amended version. Uh, you hit me with a basketball. You friend me with a gun. Sure, I friend you and sure I punch you, but that was out of protection. That was out of self-defense. Those were all reasonable. Those are all reasonable. And that would make sense. It would. Like, those, those, that's a plausible explanation if he goes down that route. And I'm no lawyer, but I think that would work. I have no idea. My thing is, as long as the truth, you can't, ah, uh, that's not true, but as long as the truth, you shouldn't get caught, like, you, you shouldn't go down for anything, as long as you're telling the truth, and it means, like, you're innocent, and how, like, you're telling the truth, and it means, like, you're just guilty beyond belief. Like, you can't, it's funny, like, you're, like, you have, like, I always have to preface this in my mind because I'm like, because I don't know why I come up with these scenarios, but I'm like, if you commit fraud and you tell the truth to committing fraud, you're guilty. You just admit to that. Now your lawyer group can't do anything to save you. And now you're going to jail. But now, okay, you tell the truth and you're actually innocent. Boom, bada, bang, works for you and you're not going to prison or not paying a lot of money. I, I don't know. I, my brain just for whatever reason, goes to those different scenarios and situations and things along those lines. But something on a less confusing matter and something that does not have to deal with lawsuits and just incidents has been going on for months. To be honest, I think it's been months. It's, it's been going on for a while. John Moran has had an interesting off-the-court presence and reputation. But we're done with breaking news of the uh, breaking news around the league. That's done for today's podcast episode. I want to move on to our topic of the day, and that is making predictions for the upcoming playoff games, and then reviewing yesterday's. So what we got in store for today? But first, I want to talk about yesterday. First off. Um, I'm happy I did not watch the OKC Minnesota game. 
Spoiler. Minnesota lost by 25. I'm sorry. Oklahoma City lost by 25. The Timberwolves won. It wasn't even really close. After the first quarter, the the Thunder could not hit a shot to save life, to save their lives. The first half was horrific. Overall, he shot 36% from the field. Comparing that to the 51.8% from the field for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Big Cat went 5-5 from the line, 11-16 from the field, 28 points. My guy, Shea Gillis Alexander, 5-19, 22 points. So when you're really breaking this down, a lot of guys struggle. Lou Dork went 6-14. Josh Giddy 2-13. Shea Gillis Alexander, 5-19. Uh, Jalen Williams, 5-10. The other Jalen Williams, three out of five. So when you guys look at that and you see the bench not doing well, you're like, uh, okay, because the bench only had 11, 15, 20, 25 points. Not good. And ironic that their bench had 25 points and that's what they lost by. I don't know. I found that kind of funny. But they were really consistent. Rudy Gobert stepped up. He had. A 21.10 rebound game with two assists. Plus 19. Everyone that played more than four minutes in that game um, had plus something in their plus or minus category. But Rudy Gobert, very efficient. 9-14 from the line, 6-11 from field. Big Cat, very efficient. 11-16. Four of six for Mike Connolly, and then Nikolai Alexander, Walker, um, five of ten. A little shaky from beyond deep, but still got 12. Anthony Edwards, a lot better today, considering his past performance, his first playing game performance. Eight of 19, got 19. The bench did perform very well. Kyle Anderson had 11, so you add that to... 13, 20, 26. One point better than than the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, but you got to remember, a lot of guys are not getting minutes. It was very spread out on the bench for Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder had a lot of guys getting some good minutes. But you can't really count, well, Wendell Moore Jr. Is that Wendell Moore Jr.? Yeah, Wendell Moore Jr. playing three minutes. Like, oh, no, zero points. Like, some guys just played three minutes. Some guys played four minutes. Uh, one guy played seven. That was um, Jordan McLaughlin playing seven. Then you had Kyle Anderson playing 32. Tari Prince, 20. Tari Prince struggled again, two of eight. But it is what it is. He had six points. He helped. He also got four assists and a steal. So you take that all day. Now, he ran into foul trouble, but that's just a different conversation for a different day. Right? It is what it is. I going to check out team stats one more time. Yeah, they just could not. Rebounds, they could not win in. Assists, they could not. They, got, they couldn't win in steals, blocks, turnovers, fast break points, points in the paint. Fouls, they had five. It was just bad. And at one point, the Timberwolves had a 29-point lead, but they held strong with 25 at the end. 
Like, OKC could not shoot the ball to save their lives. I guess the Thunder and Timberwolves switched rules. Where in the first playing game for both teams, the Thunder shot it very well, very efficient. Then when it came to the Timberwolves, very inefficient. It, it made me puke. It was bad. It was bad. But the Thunder are going home. The Thunder are going home. But the Thunder have a very bright future ahead of them. And again, just like Dallas Mavericks, I'm going to be breaking them down. Breaking down every single team. But the Thunder have a very bright future ahead. I honestly do believe that. They have a great coach. They have a great core. They have a bunch of young guys that are just developing and just turning into good basketball players. Solid basketball players that have the common goal of winning games and improving each other individually and collectively as a team. So that was the Minnesota Timberwolves and Oklahoma City Thunder game. Now a little more exciting game was the Miami Heat-Chicago Bulls game. I was wrong with both my teams. I thought the Bulls were going to win. I thought the Thunder were going to win. That did not happen. And the Bulls struggled. Like, Zach Levine struggled. Zach Levine went 6-21 from the field. 0-6 from deep. He only had 15 points with 5 turnovers. That's bad. DeMar had 26, but he went 9-19 from the field. Like, if you look at this stuff, these are not pretty stats. The f- the Miami Heat were very efficient. Max Strews went 8-16, 7-12 from deep, 31 points, with 6 rebounds, 1 steal. He had a plus 27 in the game. Jimmy Bowe was not going to have another bad game. He had 31 points. He avenged himself. 11-24 from the field. 9-10 from the line. He was doing it all. 31 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 uh, steals. And only 2 turnovers. Had plus 18. Him and Strauss were going, or Strews, were just going unconscious in that game. Bama Bayo could not score to save his life. But, that's alright. Even though he went 1 of 9, despite that, he had 17 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Sure, you had the 4 turnovers, but he made up for it with the 4 assists, pretty much canceling that out. And he had steal, he had a steal, he had a block. He was just very good defensively in today's game, which they needed. Tower Heroes had 12, Gabe Vincent, 27 minutes, only took 2 shots. He had a mediocre game, but look, it is what it is. They only had an eight-man rotation. I just realized that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, where the Bulls had a ten-man. I like ten-man rotations. I find that to be a little bit better, but I don't care. I'm not a head coach. But when I do play NBA 2K23, I go with that 10 to 11 man rotation. If I feel really, 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 really powerful, I may go 9 man. And I have reasons for that. I do. But the Miami Heat were able to get it done. I'm going to check out the team stats real quick. 
field goal percentage the Bulls were better in. Three-point percentage went to them. Uh, free throw percentage went to them. Rebounds. The Bulls could not get rebounds to save their life. They got out-rebounded by 14, 51 to 37. They did out system. Could not get more steals. Blocks were the same. Turnovers were the same. Uh, fast break points were identical. Points in the paint were the same. Fouls. Five more fouls were caught on the Bulls than the Heat. And then the Bulls' largest lead was six, while Miami's was 14. It was just a very off night for the Chicago Bulls. It just was. There's really no way around that. Like, when you're in a must-win situation, Zagovin cannot go for 15. Kyle Vujovic cannot go for 12-9. and 9. There has to be more. DeMar has to go for more. Alex Caruso, to a certain extent, has to go for more. Especially starting off pretty hot, because... Um, 16 is not going to cut it. Yeah, so very interesting. So, with that being said, the Miami Heat and the uh, Timberwolves are moving on. So, here is how everything's matching up. Nuggets, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Lakers, Kings, Warriors, Suns, Clippers. That's for the West. Now, for the East, you have Bucks, Heat, Cavaliers, Knicks, 76ers, Nets. Uh, Celtics Hawks. The playing tournament's over, and we finally have these regular games. And for these regular games, it gets really interesting now. We have a bunch of games. A bunch, a bunch of games. So Saturday, we have Nets, 76ers, Hawks, Celtics, Knicks, Cavaliers, Warriors, Kings. For Sunday, we have Lakers, Grizzlies, Heat, Bucks, Clippers, Suns, Timberwolves, Nuggets. Uh, the Nets, Celtics, and Cavaliers game will all be on ESPN. Then for the 5.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and, or 8.30 p.m. East Coast Time game, which is the Warriors and Kings, that is ABC. And then for tomorrow, Sunday, Lakers-Memphis will be the only game on ABC. The rest of the games will be on TNT. So I just wanted to throw that out. Um, I was trying to see which game I wanted to talk about first. So I'm very intrigued by all of this. But I said I'm going to start from the very bottom. I said I'm going to start from the bottom at 10 a.m. game and work our way up to the 5.30 game. I'm just going to cover today, Saturday. I'm going to get to the Sunday matchups, um, obviously tomorrow, with the, with the MVP and all the other awards conversation like I talked about before. But I'm just going to talk about the playoffs right now for today. Beginning of the postseason, I just want to jump right into it. Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, they're projecting the 76ers just to absolutely dominate, dominate the Brooklyn Nets. Like they have an 83.2% success rate, meaning their chances of winning is 
83% to 16.8. So pretty much 83 to 17. They have an 83% chance of winning that game per ESPN analytics. And when you really do look at it, the Nets don't have the better team than the 76ers. But who would you rather trust? The 76ers or Brooklyn Nets? Both teams, well, the Nets have not been playing up to the level of the Philadelphia 76ers. But Brooklyn, they have an interesting team. They do. They have no injuries. Ben Simmons, but we already knew he was out. But you're having a lineup of Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nick Claxton. That's a pretty balanced team, in my opinion. But then when you look at Joel Embiid, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden, with their injuries being uh, uh, George's Nang, Dong, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name, but they're small forward. He's day-to-day. He may be playing. I have no idea. They're just saying that he's not supporting a injury tag as of right now. But he's day-to-day. Like, who would you... Well, let's just go through this way. Like... Okay, let's do let's do a position by position. Spencer Dinwiddie or James Harden? Probably have to go Spencer Dinwiddie. Tyrese Maxey or Mikael Bridges? Probably would go Mikael. I would definitely go Mikael Bridges. Cameron Johnson or Tobias Harris? I go Cameron Johnson, especially if he's feeling it. Dorian Finney Smith or PJ Tucker? That's a throw up. That's a throw up. Nick Claxton or Joel Embiid? Definitely Joel Embiid. Definitely Joel Embiid. And Spencer Dinwiddie and. James Harden can also be a toss-up because James Harden can kill him with his playmaking skills. He's been an excellent playmaker as of late, averaging a double-double with that. He's first in the NBA with 10.7 assists per game. So I don't know. And he averages 26 points per game against Brooklyn. He averages 26 and 6 per game against Brooklyn. Spencer Dinwiddie averages 9 and 6 versus Philly. So it, it gets it gets really tough. It gets really really tough. But now they've only played one game, so let that be known. I don't know, it's, it's a toss up for me. Like the clear betting favorite is always going to be... Like, the better inside of me is saying it's always going to be the 76ers. But I like the Brooklyn Nets because of Spencer, because of Mikhail, because of because of Cam. Then everyone else on there, right? I don't know. This is, this is actually tough. I think, personally, for me, I'm going to take the Brooklyn Nets. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, it doesn't really matter. Because I think the 76ers will end up winning the series. Unless the Brooklyn Nets just start outmatching them. And just outgrind them. And they just find a way to win. I, The fan of me wants the Brooklyn Nets to win. But the analyst and quote-unquote expert in me would say pick the 76ers. Right? So I don't know. 
Right now, it's more of a toss-up, but I'm leaning more towards Brooklyn Nets because I would find it very interesting to talk about come Sunday morning. I really would. Now, this one, to me, Hawks versus Celtics, I think it's a very easy one for me. And again, uh, ESPN Analytics, according to ESPN Analytics, the Celtics have an 83% chance of winning against the Atlanta Hawks. And to be honest, I think Boston's going get to get the job done. I 100% believe that. I 100% believe that. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, their roster's just better. Their roster's just better. It truly is. And their team is full healthy. No one's on the injury report. Let me check. But just Gallinari, but... That that was that was already decided. That's been decided. But Marcus Smart, Derek White, J, uh, Jalen Brown, Jace Tatum, Al Horford, the Hawks aren't beating them. I'm looking for the sweep. It's either gonna end in four or end in five. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what anyone says. Hawks also have no injuries, but Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella, they could make it very interesting. They could. I'm going with the Celtics. I just think the Celtics are the better team offensively and slightly defensively. And then we get down to the Cavaliers game. And I'm going with Cleveland. I think it's Cleveland's time to shine. I really do believe that it's Cleveland's time to shine. Looking at injuries, Joyce Randall is questionable. He's looking to return. So you're going to have that. You're going to have that boosted confidence. Right? So you have that going. Obi Toppin would not begin to start anymore. It would be Julius Randle. Obviously. The Cavaliers, um, Isaiah Coro, he is questionable. No, Dylan Windler, he's out. But if you look at their depth, you're like, okay, their starting lineup could be, uh, if I Isaiah Coro does play, it would be Darius Garland. Pardon me, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But it would be Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Isaiah Coro, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Like, I take that over Jalen Brunson, Quinn Grimes, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Because Jalen Brunson's not I don't know. But Darius Garland's going to give uh, JB a run for his money. I, in many cases, I would take, because just how well connected the Cleveland Cavaliers are versus, versus um the New York Knicks, or I'm sorry, the New York Knicks, comparing them, I would take Darius. I'm obviously taking Donovan over Quinn Grimes. Grimes. I'm taking a core if he plays over. Nah. I'm taking RJ over Isaac Coral. Evan Mobley versus Joyce Randall. Uh, that's a tough one. But that's, that could be a toss-up. But I may have to give that one to Julius. But I love Evan Mobley. He's been a great defensive player. He knows how to be a balanced player. And he knows just how to play. Uh, then Mitchell Robinson versus Jared Allen. I'm picking Jared Allen. No disrespect to Mitchell Robinson. I do like Mitchell Robinson. But I got to give that one to my guy, 
Jared Allen. So I just see that one being the easiest one. Just in my opinion. Then finally, Warriors versus the Kings. Hmm. This one is very interesting to me. The Kings do have a lot of proof in this first round series. I'm favoring the Kings to win. They, they can go toe-to-toe offensively. They can have a shootout with the Warriors. And they can stand tall, victorious at the end. I really do believe that. In all my heart and soul, I do believe that. I think both teams have the firepower. But I think in the end, the Kings could stand tall. I think the Kings also have a better defensive unit than the Warriors. Now, there are things that the Kings need to tie up. And obviously, guys, with all these matchups, I'm only summarizing it. I'm only going briefly into it because I want to see how all these game game ones goes first. And I'm going to assess that and build off of there. So that's why I'm doing all of this. That's that's my method to my madness. But I'm I'm easily picking the I'm not gonna say easily like that because they are the defending champs. The Golden State Warriors are. But I'm going with the Sacramento Kings. I just really do like that lineup. They have no injuries. Um, I, I think Harrison Barnes. Oh, I'm sorry. Davion Mitchell. He's going to be out for... Oh, I'm sorry. That's April 9th. So, yeah. Harrison Barnes. Everyone's going to be expected to play. Everyone's going to be expected to play. But I don't know if you're going to be able to stop Darren Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and DeMontes Sabonis. I'm just going to be quite honest with you guys. Just being honest. Honesty is past policy. But then you have, on the other hand, the Warriors, Steph, Clay, Dante, uh, Wiggins, he's returning. But he's going to be coming off the bench, most likely, averaging 20-25 minutes. And then Draymond Green. Right, so things are happening. But I'm favoring, I'm favoring the Kings. So, the recap for Game 1, because I'm breaking this all down. I just want to see how everyone performs in Game 1. Now, I'm going to go a lot deeper into this. But, Brooklyn's going to win. Boston's going to win. Cleveland's going to win. Sacramento's going to win. I think those four teams are going to take it. Some are going against the, uh, the odds, the betting odds. But, I think I'm making the right call. And I can't wait to watch these games. I can't wait to see these games. I can't wait to hear about these games. I am stinking excited. I really am. And guys, with that being said, this is all I have for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly do appreciate it. Um, you guys know where to find me on social media. Remember the ebook going to be coming out with more details come tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, across social media, across the podcast, across courtseed.com, across everywhere that I can think of. And guys, with that being said, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Enjoy the basketball-filled Saturday. And with that being said, peace out, y'all. Have a great day.